yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Okay, so I <laughs> believe we are live. Um, awesome. Fingers crossed. <laughs> it uh, should be working. If if it's not, anyone can let me know. <laughs> believe. So yeah, I think it is working. Lovely. Okay, okay. so um, yeah, hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Chatter. Today I am back with Greg Foss. Greg, uh, welcome back to the show, man. Yeah, it's a pleasure being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. I mean, as soon as I saw the the, the Canadian truckers uh, sort of situation going down, I've been watching it unfold and yeah. baffled at the lack of media coverage, like completely baffled. Baffled or, or, or it's finally opened. And I'll say this because my wife is absolutely beside herself. You know, she, 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 she started not trusting mainstream media uh, a little while ago, but this is just so flagrant. It's not funny, especially in Canada where we have uh, tons of different uh, streaming avenues that show the truth versus mainstream media saying stuff like, oh, there's a couple of thousand people when there's literally hundreds of thousands of people. You know, I mean, the orders of magnitude of lying and, and deception is just, it's disgraceful. And it makes you wonder when you woke up, sorry, when you grew up, when you only had uh, newspapers and radio uh, to, to uh, rely upon, you never had cameras in your pockets and, and, and social media platforms to get alternative views. How much of this was, you know, uh, coerced in the, in, in the past. So it's uh, lots of stuff going on. No question in Canada. Uh, you know, we're right at the epicenter, aren't we? Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's not where I'd imagine things would go sort of initially when, when this first all, all kicked off, you know, I, okay. I hadn't, I hadn't envisioned that at all that, that Canada would be the place that, that really uh-huh. like exploded as the, uh, you know, it's, it's neat or not neat. Look, I'm really proud of the truckers and I, I, I want to stress a couple of things here. And this is important to lay that the foundation is the way I look at things. Okay. Firstly, I'm doubly vaxxed. Um, I have my entire family is doubly. And in the case of my son who lives in France for his job, he plays hockey in France, believe it or not, has to be triple vaxxed. All right. So we were all, you know, been poked a couple of times here. And uh, but let's say my daughter, who's 21 years old, was against it because she wanted to get pregnant. There's no way I could bring myself to tell her she had to take this thing. And so I am not anti-vax. What I am is pro-freedom. And I think that anybody in Canada that can take a step back and look at it as freedom of choice, freedom of expression, uh, freedom is, uh, you know, can, can get it pretty quickly. But then you have our state media. Today, the CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, published a report that said, why do right-wingers use the word freedom so much? Or the far right. And you're like, I beg your pardon? Why? Because that's the basis of, you know, of, of Canada. It's in our it's in our national anthem. You know, this true nor strong and free. Anyway, so people say it's weird that it happened in Canada. Um, you know, there's another expression and people accuse me of repeating myself all the time. But here it goes. Uh, Canada is nice except on the ice. Okay. Or Canadians are nice, except on the ice, meaning the ice hockey rink. Uh, But listen, this is happening on a full-blown ice hockey rink. It's the middle of winter up here uh, to your listeners. Like we're minus 20 degrees Celsius. Uh, There's guys when they camp out in their trucks uh, outside, uh, they're not outside, but in their cabs, but just outside their door, it's literally minus 30 in the middle of the night, right? This is, this is right in the middle of the heart of the Canadian winter. And, and perhaps that, you'd argue it wouldn't be as effective as it was in the summer. I mean, this is not for the faint of heart. These guys and ladies obviously hugely believe in their purpose. And I, uh, I do too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, as, as you've said, I think I I view it very much as a, as a, as a pro freedom thing at this point. It's, it's about, it's about choice. And like most people have have done it. So uh, that, that's the thing that confuses me is that, and I think the, they're saying that 90% of the truckers have, have been, have been vaccinated. It's hard so to I- say, you know, I think that's a, a global, a global number, 90% of truckers across the nation versus how many truckers are at the rally. Um, you know, sometimes these stats get uh, swayed in, in different ways, but you know, 90% of the Canadian population 
is vaccinated, if I'm not mistaken. That being said, we, we certainly bump up against the highest averages in the world. And the government continues continued to promise us freedoms if we pass a certain level. Certain, certain thresholds would, would uh, allow the mandates to be lifted. And they have never come through on those promises. And essentially enough was enough with certain elements of the, uh, of the population and brave elements. I mean, these people drove across Canada uh, this is their last stand. And, um, and look, I have three kids and this is what my granddad uh, believed in. He was, uh, he was a fighter ace in World War I and a group commandant in World War II. He fought tyranny. He was awarded the Order of the British Empire, a very prestigious medal. And there's no way he fought and risked his life in order for us to be a bunch of, you know, squids and we are not. And someone pushed the truckers too far and then they mobilized and yeah, it's becoming a bit of a global, uh, a global event, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe um, it'd be useful here just before we, we go into the, what happened with uh, GoFundMe and Bitcoin, just to sort yeah. of go back for people, because one of the things sure. that's really, um, really shocked me uh, has been, I've I've spoken to a lot of people about this. Um, I've been talking to a lot a lot of people uh, like through the through the last couple of weeks, and almost everyone okay. that I speak to has no idea that it's happening. Like people who wow, would normally yeah. be be aware of of like again, a it's protest. a state. It's a, it's a global sponsored. It's globally sponsored. Uh, what's the word? Uh, you know, when you shut down the, the media, globally sponsored censorship. Um, right? Or it's a blackout, really, a media blackout. blackout. Yeah, globally, exactly. Globally sponsored blackout. And um, well, it's not surprising because, you know, you get people who think, oh, my God, you know, if it can happen in Canada, <laughs> it can happen anywhere. And it is happening anywhere. You're seeing it in Paris. You're seeing these huge convoy or uh, protests in uh Canberra. I'm not even sure where that is. If it's in Aussie Amber, or New yeah, Zealand. actually, the, I'm going to get the these pull these up. So there's, I'm pulling yeah. out for for some people here while you're talking. There's a protest as far as the eye can see on uh, in Canberra, um, and then I'm going to pull up for people as well. Um, there is uh, this was the capital city. Actually, I'll share it with you as well if you'd like to see it. Okay, sure. Um, Okay, so that should be showing you. That's as well, amazing, isn't yeah. it? It's it's absolutely incredible. That is crazy. And that, where is that? That's Canberra. That's, but what country is that? In? That's that's Australia. Oh, Aussie. Okay. And did you see it in New Zealand the uh, haka yeah. uh, rugby chant? Yeah. I played some rugby, uh, you know, in my younger years, and uh, man, let me tell you, when you played a team and they came out with that war dance at the beginning of the or forgive me if i'm offending anybody it's not a war dance maybe or whatever it is it certainly struck fear into the hearts of uh, yeah. uh of many of the opposing uh, players in uh in rugby that's for sure so yeah um, I, had a, I had a a school my my rugby coach in in school was okay. uh willie anderson so he was a an irish and, and i actually recognize that name i'm yeah. not sure why yeah so he he was famous for taking the entire irish team um I think it was the Irish team or the Lions team up and they stood like arm in arm, like okay. staring against them. Yeah. The oh, I remember that one. The, I remember that Zealand. one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Isn't that funny? So my, uh, my rugby coach when I was growing up was guy Keith Wilkinson and he played for the Scottish uh, team uh, okay. in, in his youth before coming to Canada or whatever. But anyway, that, you know, rugby is not that big in Canada, although there's certain, uh, we, we excel at certain parts of the game. Our, our sevens team at one point was pretty, pretty good. Um, but anyway, back to the here and now, um, you know, these are people that uh, for some reason we have been uh, silent for too long. And then I'm not sure what would push the trigger, but when you saw these convoys driving across Canada and I'll, I encourage you to, uh, to look on social media in Canada, um, a professor down in uh, in Cornell, uh, Dave Callum, who uh, who uh, I actually uh, respect a lot. Uh, he tweeted one out recently. He goes, "This brought tears to my eyes," and uh, it's just a video, a, a seven minute video about truckers driving across Canada, but the overpass is flooded with people, and you know, yeah, on snowbanks, right, like. 10 foot high snowbanks, young kids holding signs, go truckers. And, and, and then what do you hear on social media? Well, whatever the 
uh, Trudeau says, uh, it's, it's, it's a small fringe element with unacceptable views. According to who, uh, Mr. Trudeau? According to you? So you're the, you are the uh, author of who can have views that are acceptable versus unacceptable, you know? So it's, it's scary. Um, I'm a, I've been calling out Trudeau for a while. I don't know if I did it on your, your, our other podcast, but like I've been concerned about him as a leader who doesn't understand finance because uh, he says things like, you know, the budget will balance itself or he did say things and forgive me if I don't care about monetary policy. Those are things that drive me crazy as a, as a guy who spent 30 years trading risk. Yeah. If he was the CEO of a company and the CEO of a company said that, there'd be, you know, his stock would fall precipitously. The short sellers would be out with their knives. <laughs> and yet, you know, here's a guy who says it on behalf of a country and it sort of floats, floats through the, the press. Nobody really understands it, I guess, but uh, really dangerous to have a guy in, in power with this many uh, quirks. Yeah, yeah, and I, I had the 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 fringe minority clip queued, um, but I'll put it in the okay. description. I have it in the description okay. for people just because I'm sure uh, quite a lot of people are familiar with it um, uh, for now. But you mentioned uh, earlier on Twitter actually that there's been a state of emergency declared. Um, well, it's not a state of emergency. It's called okay. the Emergency Measures Act. Okay. Okay. And this is a second. This is a, an act that was re. I guess I'm not just going to say rewritten because I don't understand how politics work that well. But prior to this, there was the War Measures Act. And that's basically the ability of a prime minister to invoke uh, martial law. And there's only been three times that that War Measures Act had been invoked. One was in World War One. One was in World War Two. And the third time was during a crisis in uh, Quebec predominantly called the Front uh, FLQ. It stood for if I don't, if I remember correctly, Front de Libération du Québec, okay, and it was. I grew up in Montreal at that time, and they killed a federal politician. They found the guy's body in the trunk of a car, and if I'm not mistaken, they cut his ear off and sent it to like a. Uh, so these guys truly were uh, uh, dangerous people. Now, look, uh, I'm not going to call out FLQ versus other uh, organizations. I'll just say this protest in Ottawa. Okay, so now. The War Measures Act turned into, was rewritten and uh, termed the Emergency Measures Act. And it's, it, it's had, since it's been rewritten, it has not been invoked. But let's compare what this current Trudeau, incident, interestingly enough, it was Trudeau's father, Pierre Trudeau, who, who invoked the War Measures Act in Quebec it, or across the nation due to Quebec in the late 70s, if it were yeah, probably mid 70s. I don't remember exactly when it was. Um, I probably 72, maybe. Uh, but I remember growing up in Montreal and being scared, right? Like you're a young kid, you hear about kidnappings of people, deaths in the trunk of a car. And so that's a scary time. And the his father, Trudeau's father took the measures upon himself. But let's be honest, this now is a peaceful protest in the capital of Ottawa, where there's kids running around playing on bouncy castles, and he's going to invoke the Emergency Measures Act, the equivalent. It's not quite martial law, but you get where it's come from to deal with this protest. I, I think we should be more worried that he's not uh, fit to lead, uh, to, to, to hold office rather than him considering uh, the Emergency Measures Act. Yeah, that is, it's the way he talks about it is really, really, it's just like, it's not that I don't think he has the right to think the way he does, right? It's the, the problem for me is that it's it's like you're deeming everyone that doesn't share your Agree view with of you. things Correct. completely. Yeah. Like, it's not, I think he said... It's a spoiled kid. It's a spoiled kid syndrome, right? He's going to hold yeah. his breath until people, uh, you know, until he, in people, until he gets his way. Like, uh, uh, I mean, I'm no psychologist, but my goodness, somebody should better sit down and then analyze this guy because uh, he's dangerous as a, as a leader. He, he is a live wire. And th these types of live wires don't make good leaders. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they, it's it's uh, it's really. I'm I'm concerned for Canada, but like I said before, I'm I'm feeling positive because <laughs> there's so many people. Like I don't know when I see the energy at um, 
at some of the the protests like yeah. so so i'll get some of the videos up i'll share them actually with you actually okay. so while while sure. i'm while i'm talking about this because i think it's sure. uh, useful so um the some of the, the like the people dancing has just been amazing. oh no it's crazy it's like, beautiful right like, like these guys like yeah. dancing around. <laughs> i saw this one i saw this one earlier yeah and yeah, then, then they get a guy with Sidney Crosby. So do you know who Sidney Crosby is? So this no, is that, actually. that jersey, the jersey of the guy uh, dancing. Sidney Crosby is one of our best hockey players ever, and he scored the overtime winning goal to uh, win the gold medal against the Americans in the last uh, in the last uh, uh, Winter Olympics. Okay, so like uh, Sidney Crosby is a, uh, you know, a renowned, a revered Canadian hockey player uh certainly in the in the same league as uh yeah here's beautiful stuff uh, this is this is what you know they're calling insurrectionists uh this was actually in downtown toronto though this wasn't in ottawa okay this is this toronto. this was this was toronto and this was a bunch of the sikh community whatever he's holding he's got a hockey stick in yeah. one hand and then a sikh uh like a, a sikh uh there's something there that that, that there's a sikh uh they called it a boon boon Java or something like that. Anyway, I hope I'm not offending anybody that way, but that's in Toronto. That's not even in downtown uh, Ottawa, that, okay. that, that view. Um, yeah. I just, I couldn't believe it, but, uh, and then, so you had that, that happen. And then over, over, then you had like more and more people seem to be, have, have been joining the protest. So I got to find some footage here of uh, yeah. a convoy. Like it's not just truckers. There's like construction crews farmers, and, and there's yeah, some farmers sure. coming yeah. up further down yeah. here. And it's, uh, and then not just that, then there was like, then there was the Mounties coming over the border. Um, uh, that Alberta. one, I don't know. I yeah. don't know about that. It's, I, I, so I was, I was just like scrolling through things, um, all like for hours yesterday, trying to find some okay. like, cool footage for us. And I, I, I didn't know where to stop. Like there was so much, there were so many like amazing moments. Um, it's, it's crazy. Like the, oh, this one. Okay. Sure. There's, you know, yeah. Cause we have a big Western, uh, prairies right that uh lots of farmers lots of you know cowboys um some of them sometimes they come over the border there's do you know there's so many undefended uh border crossings in canada border points of entry like we are the largest unprotected border or un what's the word it's undefended maybe anyway there's points of entry into the u.s where you don't even stop right you just cross the border and then you're assumed you have to go to the other side and report yourself. But tons of these little farming roads and, and uh, the main border crossings, of course, have huge uh, points of entry, ports of entry. But, you know, in, in a border that's 5,000 kilometers long, yeah. there's tons of little entry points, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like the whole concept for me is a little strange just because like coming from Europe. Um, yeah. The, in in Northern Ireland to the Republic of Ireland, obviously it wasn't like that when I was a kid. Okay, but now there's you know there's no no checks, and then going right. through the whole of Europe, like there's no checks. No one no one checks anything. Okay, because that's because of the uh, whatever it's called, right? Yeah, the, the, the Schengen uh, the Schengen zone. It is. Um, yeah, but it was part of your Euro Eurozone. Yeah, the freedom Euro, freedom of uh, movement. Yeah, the, the right, European. Okay. Yeah, it's one of the, right. the four basic freedoms. Um, cool. Yeah. Well, Britain, I guess it's cool for some people. Yeah, Britain <laughs> some has people not given it up. Um, the Brexit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh -huh. um, yeah, unfortunately. So then after the after the the protesters have driven the whole way across Canada, they were waved yes. and, and signaled into into the, the center of uh, Ottawa. Yes. And then people started raising an obscene amazing amount of money for them on on GoFundMe to begin with. Correct. So yeah. I think they raised up to $10 million as far as I'm aware on GoFundMe. It's and, a good round. It's a good round number, yeah, plus and, or minus. Yeah. So then yeah. what happened with that exactly? My the To the best of my understanding, um, there was a... Uh, the, the amount was raised and then there was an injunction that first started by the city of Ottawa wanted to seize the funds because um, uh, they wanted reparations for damages. Okay. So let's understand uh, Ottawa's somewhat in the center of the country. It's not quite, but the, the trucks came and people came from both sides of the nation to, uh, to participate in the protest. And some of the people in Ottawa certainly got uh I'm going to use the word overrun, but it's not like it was, there was no violence. There was uh, tons of people in the city. 
Uh, certainly there were some businesses that claimed they were disadvantaged. Uh, to me, I'd say like, look, you have all these people in your city that aren't usually there. I'd open my business personally, but if you're going to close your doors, then, <laughs> then that's your, that's your uh, decision. But um, so the, the funds were essentially frozen and um, uh, this happened, let's say that the uh, convoy arrived in Ottawa about 14 days ago. Uh, so GoFundMe was was part to, was working for the first three days of the of the protest. Now, a couple of guys. I'm not sure if you want me to talk about this right now about the the Bitcoin funding alternative that, yeah, that, yeah. that was set up. So what happened was on the first Saturday two weeks ago, say 16 days ago, on the first Saturday, um, there was a guy that I know, boots on the ground in Ottawa that I saw walking around, literally holding up opt out by Bitcoin. And I know him because I was on his podcast. This is the guy at Nobody Caribou. Hmm. And I knew him and I'm like, Nick, I'm not going to dox his last name. Nick, that's you holding up the sign. This is outrageous. I go, he goes, oh, you wouldn't believe the energy in my city. The truckers are amazing. I say, Nick, let's start a Bitcoin funding page. Now I'll admit that in the back of my mind, I was thinking there was a chance that the GoFundMe fr- funds would be frozen, but that's not why we did this. We did it because we wanted to seriously raise money for the truckers just because using Bitcoin. And for the first three days, there were the two, uh, the two funds. Uh, you know, We weren't competing with GoFundMe, but we started to raise a bunch of funds. And then we recruited some other guys, uh, more technologically savvy, certainly than me. This included a guy by the name of Ben uh, Sessions. He he's, goes under the moniker BTC Sessions. And he was able to put up this tally coin page and he was able to put up the Lightning Network uh, uh, address and or, you know, facilitate Lightning Network transactions. And so it really started to gain traction. And then I think it was probably the Tuesday or Wednesday after the Saturday. That's when GoFundMe funds got frozen. And they gave, originally, Josh, they were going to say, we're freezing the funds and we're taking them from you. And then we're going to distribute them to the province or to other charities, for gosh sakes, right? And of their this choice, is where- As far as I was aware. I'm sorry? Of their choice. They weren't of their choice, them. correct. Now, here's the even more scary part. Whether or not you agree with the truckers, imagine if you had raised a bunch of money, I'm talking to anybody now, in a cause you truly believed with, and all of a sudden it was confiscated and was going to be used potentially or awarded to the people that you are on the opposite side of. Like it, it even got more ridiculous. So then GoFundMe back down after some, like some US senators or politicians said, I'm investigating GoFundMe. And GoFundMe basically said, okay, okay, we're not taking the funds. We're going to allow you to... Uh, to, to uh, we're going to refund them. So that meant a bunch, you know, of the 10 million could go to other funding platforms. Well, ours was already up and running and we were, you know, we had raised maybe say 4 million sats, which, uh, is, is really not that much given that there's a hundred million sats in each, uh, in each, uh, Bitcoin. Right. So, um, uh, the four, 4 million, you know, we had 0.4 of a Bitcoin. No, I guess it was, uh, maybe we had 400. How many did we have? Anyway, point is we had maybe a half a Bitcoin when the GoFundMe thing, uh, got frozen. And then all of a sudden the, 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 the funds started to pour into this, uh, alternative funding mechanism, uh, as well as another one called give or, or give, send, go, give, send, go. All right. And so then gifts and go started accumulating. I think they might be up to $7 million right now, but the Bitcoin as of today is up to a total of 22 Bitcoin um, uh, collected as well as another eight Bitcoin that are pledged. So the 22 Bitcoin is over a million Canadian dollars. And so that's a pretty substantial, uh, 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 thing and now the good thing is that the truckers actually are becoming interested in Bitcoin. So one of the things we did, my Nick, myself, and Ben Sessions, is we said, look, we need to uh, bring more legitimacy to this. We have recruited another very uh, 
I'm going to, uh, for lack of a better word, well, we recruited another very well-known Canadian Bitcoiner, Jeff Booth. Mm-hmm. Jeff has uh, become a close friend of mine. He is a absolute patriot. He is also author of the best book I've ever read, which is called The Price of Tomorrow. Uh, for any of your listeners, you got to listen to, or you got to read Jeff's book. Anyway, we recruited him as a basically the a face of uh, trustworthiness, because that's what he is. Yeah, and not to say we're not trustworthy, but my gosh, this guy is honest as the day is long. And we set up a multi-sig wallet where there were four, us four signers, Jeff, Ben Session, Nick, and myself, and we got the head of the trucker's convoy. So we had a multi-sig wallet with five signatories uh, and one of them was trucker and the other four were Bitcoiners. Now, when all of this stuff came again, when they start, they, they threatened to shut down Go gifts and go as well. We said, okay, we got to get these keys out of the hands of Canadians. So I'll only tell your listeners is there, those five signatories, only two of them remain. Right. And there's three others that will remain confident. So no authorities can, uh, can uh, tell them, uh, you know, require you to sit down and under duress uh, divulge who the other uh, uh, wow. key holders are. So, you've yeah. gone, you've so that's where we sit. Lengths. Listen, this is scary when the government does what they do, right? I'll tell you, that's scary. What's really scary, again, is the war measures. Like, war measures. I don't even know what that means. Does it mean you can sit down and put a guy in the electric chair? And, you know, I say that tongue in cheek, but, you know, sit down and say, tell me who the other key holder is. Now, the good thing is I won't be able to tell because I don't know, which is so cool. So, you know, you could torture me forever and I could throw out Justin Trudeau's the the other key holder, you know, and they won't believe that, but that's, that would be about as true as whoever other's name I threw out. So, well, this is what we're working on. And um, that's where we are. And the Bitcoin community has gone a little uh, true Bitcoiners, right? Some of them are accusing us of changing the narrative and this. I'll just say, look, guys, things are fluid. We haven't distributed any of the Bitcoin yet. Everything's on the table. The most important things, it will get to the truckers. Mm-hmm. It will not get to the government. Okay. And go fuck yourselves, everyone who's telling me that we are somehow conflicted and everything like that. All right. So <laughs> it's just, it's just, you know, this is what we live with. Um, I'm extremely proud of the guys, the younger guys, uh, uh, Ben Sessions, my God, super, super cool dude. Uh, Nick St. Louis uh, and all sorts of other people that uh, have been part of this um, uh, movement. This is uh, truly a, uh, a time where the younger kids have stepped up. Um, and uh, then, you know, Jeff Booth, once again, it's and it's cost him some. Uh, unfortunately, it's cost him some of his political uh, friendships on the other side of the aisle. Uh, I won't you know, go too much too in depth in there, but uh, it was divulged in a Canadian newspaper that he was asked to, he removed himself from the board of a publicly traded, uh, not publicly traded, rather a public, uh, it was a hospital. He had to, he stepped down as a, as a, as a board member of a, of a hospital. So look, but you got to do what you do in the event of a, uh, a challenge to the future and for the children and um, it's fluid. It's a fluid situation. It's, uh, I tell you, I think it's this afternoon, right about almost now, where they might be in the House of Parliament in Canada voting on whether, you know, they allow even, I'm calling out liberal MPs, though that's the party that uh, Trudeau's a leader of, a minority though, he's a minority leader. Gosh, you know, if you're going to invoke the War Measures Act or the, the, uh, the Emergency Measures Act, to be to be uh, absolutely correct. I mean, this is something not to be taken lightly. This is really scary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's for me. Uh, one of the things that I'm witnessing is this. It looks like the perfect case study as to why dictators and authoritarians don't like Bitcoin. 
because they have decided to like say, couldn't, okay, couldn't it be, couldn't it, couldn't it be yeah. exactly that? Like this is, so there's a publication called zero hedge. I used to be in the hedge fund business. I'm not sure how much I told you on your last podcast, but here's the neat thing. Like I've spent 30 years in financial markets and, and this is finally penetrating the mainstream financial market asset managers when they say something like, this is the use case. Like you got, got the people like Shifty Pete who's out there saying there's no utility in Bitcoin. <laughs> oh, is that right there, Peter? So now send me some gold to help me with this cause that you believe in. Send me some gold, <laughs> you know, and you know, then whatever. But the, the reality is other people like Zero Hedge, this is a very renowned publication basically just says, look, this was, this was last weekend. So this is the use case of Bitcoin defined, right? And uh, non-censorable, non-confiscatable, transferable, portable, uh, immutable. Like you give me all these things and you're like, this is perfect. And then take it one step farther where the TD Bank in Canada, I think that was associated with the new Give, Send, Go campaign, had a million dollars in change of Give, Send, Go, uh, Give, Send, Go money. And they froze that. Yeah. Okay. And the TD Bank, which is, you know, uh, one of Canada's five national banks, uh, global institution, you know, they yeah. basically folded to the pressure of the government. Now people will say, oh, they had to because of laws and this and laws and that. It doesn't matter. It still got confiscated. Yeah. I'm just getting this up for people actually now um, so they can see this, that it's real. Um, let me share it with you actually. So you should be able to see that, hopefully. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, TD there you Bank go. Freezes two personal accounts that had $1.1 million paid into them to support Canadian truckers. Right. And that That is just, for me, um, they just had to apply to the courts, and that was it. And it's like, I don't even know, but here's the worst part of it. Um, I used to work at TD Bank as a trader, um, not trator, uh, although <laughs> I uh, you could ar argue. I was a trader, <laughs> trader, T-R-A-D-E-R. Uh, some of those may be traitors uh, over there, but uh, here's uh, all I know is, uh, you know, I'd, I'd be, if I believed in the, in the, in the freedom convoy and I worked at TD bank and they did this, I'd be looking at myself, like, who do I work for? Right. What am I supporting here? And uh, anyway, um, it's like, have this you ever is seen, interesting. Class. Have you ever seen, there's a, a fantastic sketch from uh, these two British comedians, uh, Mitchell and Webb. And they uh, they do a sketch um, of a bunch of Nazis in their like war camp behind the behind the lines in World War Two, and there's no. a guy looking and he starts looking around at all the skulls on everything. And he goes, "Hans, okay. are are we the baddies? Are, are, we, are we are we the bad guys?" <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Eh? Well, yeah. And and Josh, you bring up an interesting point. Look, I mean, the two world wars, horrendous, awful stuff, but. You know, everyone says if they lived in Germany, they would have uh, been able to call this out, right? They would have been able to see it and call it out. And there's an interesting um, uh, psychologist in Canada, a world-renowned author who's becoming a Bitcoiner, actually. His name is Jordan Peterson. I'm not sure if you've ever, uh, if you've um, ever written uh, yes, Jordan Peterson. I have tickets anyway, to see him. In, okay, in well, I'll tell you what. He basically said, look, if you are under the illusion that you would have called out the government for actions in leading up to the Nazi it happens drip by drip. It's like it, it's a it's a, a, a drowning or a death by a thousand cuts. Yo, it's fine if they put the star on somebody's uh, uh, uniform. Oh, what's so bad about that? Oh, it's okay if they take their businesses. Oh, all of a sudden we're taking over, we're invading Poland, you know? And, and then you're still indoctrinated. So gosh, I really hope uh, that we don't, you know, we, we remain a peaceful protest here. And I'm confident that the leadership of the convoy in Canada is, uh, is really solid in that respect. So long story, I mean, interesting times. Um, I'm 58 years old. Uh, I have been alive long enough to remember the last time the War Measures Act was invoked in Canada. I, we should look that up, but I think it was like 1972, 1970. So I was seven years old when it happened. Okay. I still remember sitting at my dinner table when my dad was listening to the radio. If I'm not mistaken, it was a Sunday night 
when they first announced the War Measures Act. And my dad was nervous. He's like, holy shit. And I'm a seven-year-old kid. I'm like, what does it mean, dad? What does it mean? And, you know, we lived in, uh, in Quebec. The guy's name was Pierre Laporte. I still remember the name of the politician who had been kidnapped and murdered. Um, and uh, it's, they cut someone's ear off. I'm not sure if it was his ear or whatever, but it's just ugly oh stuff for a seven-year-old kid. You're like, geez, you know, that is scary shit. So um, I don't want, uh, well, look, I, I don't even know what I want. I certainly know I don't want Trudeau to be leader of this country. He disappointed me before with his buffoonery saying stuff like the budget will balance itself, as I mentioned. But now I actually think he's unstable. I think he's like a spoiled little kid who's now dug both of his heels in the ground. And he's like, that's it. I'm going to make my parents pay, you know, just a little brat. And uh, that's uh, that's not cool. Yeah. What do you make of all of these like? world economic forum connections that that trudeau uh, has and sick, then isn't like it? a whole then, bunch of of leaders well not only that the then the the, pri- the the lady whatever you'd call her down in new zealand is the same Just thing the, uh, Dern, yeah yeah but there's, yeah, there's yeah. a bunch of them and, like, and then you get klaus saying oh trudeau and i think he might have been referring to her there there are star pupils who is this guy klaus schwab my goodness like you you know you well anyway it looks just, like palpatine like, <laughs> I don't know who that is, but he sounds Star evil. Wars, so the, it's the emperor in, in Star Wars. <laughs> okay, well, he, I think he's worse than that. He could be like the James Bond villain, right? He's the guy that lives in a volcano in the James Bond in the James Bond movies, right? But <laughs> I, I don't know. This happens slowly. Like you don't see it until once it's done. It's so clear in hindsight. Yeah, yeah, it's really strange. So um, for the last uh, little bit that I've got got you for, um, I figured we, sure. we might be able to pick your pick your mind about what's happening in the markets at the minute. There's a lot of turmoil, and there's quite a few people um, in the comments asking for okay. some, some talk about markets and about the SEC and uh, sort of regulators being paid off. Um, basically, the so what's your estimation of where we're at right now with 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 the markets? Everything has been all. What all market? Over. Let's let's define. I, I can comment on every market, whether you want to isolate it to the Bitcoin market, whether you want to talk about equities. Uh, let's let's talk about equities for a sec. Yeah, okay. okay, I was going to start. Equities don't matter. Can I be very clear about that? It's all about credit, and equities are going to swing around. So right now the VIX is at thirty percent annualized. The, that means daily price moves of uh, 2%, plus or minus 2% in the equity index. And how you get that number is you have to take it to a daily basis. And you it's it, it's, it turns out you divide the annualized VIX of 30% by the square root of 250, whatever trading days there are in the year. Like I think it's 254, 256. Okay. So it's basically the square root. It's basically 30 divided by 16. It gives you what your daily vol is, which means 2% swings in equity markets. That starts being interesting. But imagine when it gets to 60, when the VIX hits 60. When the VIX hits 60, that implies there are 4% daily swings in the equity market. Holy corona. Nothing works. Okay. And it's primarily being driven by credit markets because the credit guys are rushing to the equity markets to hit any bid that exists in a subordinate claim in the capital structure. So the poor equity guys get run over six ways till Sunday and, and they don't know what they're doing. And a lot of them are rookies in the market that uh, have never even understood the priority of claim that takes place in capital structure, but that's where they think the money is. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's all being driven by credit right now. And it's vol. It's the vol traders of which I spent half of my life being a volatility trader. You can run over the pure, the, the poor little rookies in the equity markets and they have no clue. And you're like, thanks for being there. Squish, 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 squish. You dumb squids. Bang, 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 bang. Done, 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 done. And then they gap, right? The bid evaporates. Then you slam it in their face. Six, fa- six figures lower, you know, and then it collapses a- upon itself. And, and you're not doing it. You're doing it to hedge a position in credit that's up here. <laughs> and you're like, you do the, you know, and there's no way this credit is worth anything less than a hundred cents on the dollar, as long as there's any value whatsoever left in the equity. So you're just like, sell it, sell it and don't stop. 
if and I, I worked for a guy on a desk, this was his classic line. He goes, I want you to be 400% of the volume. <laughs> he goes, he goes, I don't want a sale to take place in this stock. That's not you. He goes, I want you to be 400% of the volume, which obviously is impossible, but that's how, how it was imperative when, when he wanted to hedge something. I don't care what the price is. You get me that hedge because I know I live up here in this capital, this part of the capital structure. So these poor equity guys, like, you know, you have cannon fodder, bang, bang, bang. So equities are driven by credit. Credit is ugly right now. Equities will not stabilize until credit stabilizes. And guess what? Credit is nowhere close to stabilizing when the Fed is going to raise eight times. Get out of Dodge. You're not even going to get two uh, interest rate hikes before the Fed has to tap the brakes on this tapering uh, and, and realize there is no way they can continue tapering when the equity markets are moving in 4% uh, volatilities. And what does that mean? It means all new issue markets are shut. Any company that needs to raise growth capital, you can't do it. You can't do it in debt. You can't, do, excuse me, do it in equity. So what does that mean? You're pricing in, you're heading, you're going to put your, your, your country into a recession, absolutely certain, before you've even raised interest rates. So that's what I look at. Then we take it to another uh, asset silo, which is Bitcoin, which people really don't understand what it is. The most beautiful instrument to hedge against all the shenanigans, but they think it's a risk asset. It's not a risk asset. It's a long volatility asset because when you're long Bitcoin, you are short credit, meaning you're already short all this stuff up here. Wow. Well, the education process needs to go a long way because we have all these machines. And when I say machines, I mean, these are, you know, these are literally uh, Cray supercomputers that are, tr that are trading volatility amongst the, the different assets and correlations and whatnot. They're selling Bitcoin just because they think there should be a correlation between equities and Bitcoin. When it's absolutely the reverse, when equities are going down, Bitcoin becomes the insurance and it should be going up in price, but they haven't programmed those computers quite properly yet. So there'll be some short covering uh, face ripping rallies in the Bitcoin square when the computers or the humans that program the computers realize, holy shit, I'm totally inverted. Meaning I've been shorting something that I should be buying to hedge this idiot fucking thing called equities that I should actually be selling. And it's just so funny the way the world is set up. Mm. Yeah. I mean, every time I speak to you, man, you, 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 or anytime, even though I just listen to one of your videos, I'm like, I understand so little about the markets. Like, I can but, understand like specific little things, but then there's like, there's these whole other games going but on. That's just that, look, I've done it for 30 years. This is not easy. And by the way, you learn zero of this in school, zero. So how did I earn my stripes? Well, I didn't blow up. And how did I not blow up? Well, I studied, I studied like some sort of crazed maniac and I took small positions and then I made them bigger positions as I got my confidence up as to how markets work and how things function. And look, you cannot learn this stuff. And I sat in, you know, I've used this again, guys who, who you know, I got my share of haters out there. Look, yeah, Foss repeats himself. Did he say this? Did he say this? Oh, fuck you guys. I sat in a risk chair, okay? I sat in a risk chair for 30 years. Until you fucking knuckleheads have done that, go pound sand, okay? It, you don't understand. And then explain it to me like I'm five. Oh, go fuck off. You are five years old. You shouldn't be playing in the equity markets if you don't know what you're doing. So how else can I say this, Josh? I mean, I get frustrated because I, I say things 10 times and they say, Foss repeats himself. And you know what the answer is? And you stupid fools still don't understand what I'm saying after the 10th fucking time that I'm telling you this. Uh, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're hitting a lot of the same points you made last time, but I mean, it's, it's things that- But it's coming true now. This is, the, this is what's playing out. Okay, do not fiddle around in equities right now. If you have no idea what you're doing, take your money and put it somewhere that you're not going to lose everything because equity markets are going to be used as the whipping boy until the Fed realizes they have lost control of everything. And they're going to go back to this thing called printing money, which is going to accelerate the debt crisis. And then you're going to realize I better have bought Bitcoin rather than selling it. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't see there being a lot of people regretting buying it 
in 10 years time that that would be well i mean i say that hoping that i'm not one of those people <laughs> <laughs> but it's it, it, as i say to one of my other this is a square on the bingo card so, so so one guy that definitely gets under my skin and i'll give him credit for getting under my skin he puts together a bingo card right pretends that okay this is the foss podcast bingo card has he said this yet you know and so the other one i say is let's talk in 20 years but the reality is let's talk in 20 years provided we make it that long yeah right well, because yeah. This is about survival, people. And the only way you survive is by purchasing insurance contracts that allow you to survive the stupid part of your trades. And everybody has stupid parts of their portfolio. Mm -hmm. Primarily right now, it's for all you clowns that own bonds, which I've been trying to tell you for the last year that bonds are absolutely the most putrid investment you could make. But certainly there's guys out there that are saying, oh, no, bonds, you can trade them and you can pick up nickels in front of a steamroller. Well, now you get what you get. OK, you went in there to pick up nickels in front of a steamroller and you just lost 20 yeah. percent. Yeah. Good work. You want you you wanted to make. You wanted to make a dollar and you ended up losing $20. You fucking, re whatever, you know, yeah. it's just like, whatever. So what have you made of, uh, there's a, the, the inflation numbers continue to rise in the UK and in the US. And I, I assume Canada's on a, a fairly similar. Trajectory. It is the same, but the only, the only number that world cares about is the inflation in the US because the fed sets rates for the rest of the world. So what the fed does and the 10 year rate in, in particular is the most important benchmark for the entire world. So if they're setting it based off a of US CPI, that's all anybody that's ever managed risk really understands and should care about. Mm. Yeah. And so inflation in the US is 7.5% and the 10 year treasury is 2%. Okay. That means on a real basis, you are losing five and a half percent a year to inflation by owning treasury bonds. And that's before the debasement of the currency. Yeah. What a what a joke investment. The last time that inflation was this high, the US 10 year rate was 10 percent yield. OK, at least there was a positive no, uh, real return, right? 10 percent nominal minus seven and a half percent uh, inflation gives you a 2.5% real return, positive. So why isn't now, everyone dumping their bonds? What it, I beg your pardon? Why isn't everyone dumping the bonds? Uh, they either fail mathematics, which is totally possible, or they have to own them, or more concerning is they don't believe that inflation is a long-term problem. They bought into this transitory element, which is still silly as well. Sell them until proven that it's transitory. Don't hold this thing because if it ain't transitory, bonds can literally drop another 20 to 0% easily. Now, that's not a safe return for an asset that's supposed to be your safety uh, asset in your portfolio. Mm. Yeah. 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 That, I just, I, it's, it stuns me that we're, we're at this point. I mean, I, I, it's. Isn't it? Yeah. But it's, again, it's sort of like, again, this is crazy as it is. And I don't want to equate this to, you know, some of the stuff that went on in, in Germany prior to World War II, but it stuns you until you realize it's death by dopamine. Like you're a dope that you didn't believe that bonds couldn't do what they're doing because you were intoxicated by the talk of the Fed that this stuff will be transitory and we will do the right thing and all this garbage. All right. It's really your own fault. <laughs> I mean, like last year when they started, yeah, just or two years ago, even not even last year, two years ago when you know when the when the money printing started, yeah, I was just like this for real, for real, yeah, or not for, for real, for most seriously. But it's money printing has been going on for my whole life. Well, yeah, and but I mean, they I, really you know, went. Oh yeah, to they turned the knob yeah, so yeah. that there's a point of no return. Yeah, yeah, and and I I just said, well, there's going to be a bunch of inflation at some point because. Like as far as as I understood, with um, you know, printing money is like yeah, you either have to you have to make something really tangible, in order to you know not make the currency just more and more worthless. Like if you're gonna print a bunch of money and then you make something really physical, yeah, it's your house. It. Well, yeah, it's, yeah. it's your house hasn't gone up in value. It's the number of units of account 
that have yeah. gone down in value that it takes more of those same units of account to buy the same value of a house. Yeah, but how can I see this, right? And and world-leading financial journalists and well, economists some of them do can see be it. Don't forget. Okay, okay, Josh, no, no, no. Don't forget how much people are paid not to see it. Meaning they have these high profile jobs that they want to write that they see this happening, but they know they'll lose their job if they do write that. So they don't write it. And then there's people who are downright dumb that are writing financial opinions because (laughs) they just have the, someone like their uncle Bloomberg gave a certain person a job to write an article. Uh, referencing a guy who's since uh, blocked me, but um, Joe Weisenthal, uh, you know, look, should not be writing about finance because he has zero clue about how markets work. (laughs) I'm afraid that's just the facts. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think your your, uh, bingo guy has arrived in the comments section. He says, I'll be playing bingo for real in the rest home. (laughs) Who is it? What's the guy? What's the guy's name? Dodie, I think. Um, oh, a different one. No, different that's one. not him. No, that's not him. I'm okay with it too. Look, <laughs> play bingo. If if I help to teach somebody, if I help certain people not to lose money because they follow idiot advice like Peter Schiff's advice, <laughs> then then I'm okay with it. Call me whatever you want. All right. But Peter Schiff is a smart guy who's conflicted, and that's disgraceful. When he's giving advice to people that he knows is wrong, but he continues to do it so he can attract subscribers, that's just outright wrong. And I sort of like his son, but it's time for his son to tell his old man to shut his pie hole. Okay. He is making extremely uh, poor choices in on an ethical basis, advising people against something that he knows he's giving poor advice on. Okay. So just to wrap up then, um, final thing, uh, what do you think is going to happen with the truckers? So there is this, the emergency measures have been brought in. Um, I know that honestly, it's a peaceful process. We have this thing in Canada called the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And the last uh, living uh, author of that, a guy by the name of Peckford, uh, the other day gave a speech at the truckers convoy. And he said, look, you are not breaking the law. This is your Canadian right to want these freedoms. And uh, yeah, so that was a border crossing somewhere near the U.S. border, I'm told. I, yes. I don't know where that is. That is but apparently near the uh, the uh, the Alberta border. Alberta. Okay. So look, I mean, this is not a fringe minority, okay? Trudeau is a, uh, what is he? He's delusional, all right? He, he, he could look at this and still not see it because he's delusional that people actually like him. Uh, There are certain people that like him, but only 16% of the Canadian population support him. Um, Wow. One six. Yeah. One six. So this is, this is is for the Windsor. This is the Windsor bridge. Yeah. This is the, this is a bridge for uh, the, one of the most important uh, trade points in Canada uh, right across the river from Detroit. So all the Canadian auto manufacturers ship their uh, parts across this bridge. It's called the Ambassador Bridge in uh, in uh, Windsor, Ontario. And uh, the protesters who are not linked to the Freedom Convoy in Ottawa yes, shut down that bridge. That, we should make that clear, actually, because yeah. I, I hadn't realized that there were two, it was two separate um, sort of protests. Uh, correct. The Freedom Convoy is for Ottawa, and that was uh, the Ambassador Bridge. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Greg, I I really want to thank you for your time. Uh, yeah, my it's, pleasure. It's uh, amazing to see your your fellow countrymen uh, standing up for for freedom, but more importantly, uh, to anyone that doesn't agree with them, the the way that they I think it's so crucial to note that the way they've been vilified is is awful. That's not how we discuss. You know differences of opinion in uh, a right. civilized nation and um the the people who disagree with the right to be there i think should should understand that it doesn't matter if you agree with their cause if they're being peaceful we should be in support of the right to protest because that's how we sure. prevent governments becoming hey, tyrannical 100 percent, and uh you know i uh i will stress that um this is the basis of our democracy is the is the ability to uh, voice a different opinion. And 
I know I have uh, a, a different of opinion, difference of opinion from a lot of people out there. But again, freedom is not free. Okay, you have to stand up for your rights. And you have to uh, sometimes pay the price. And um, I just am very proud of the truckers. I think that uh, we will win. Uh, we've already won on a number of fronts. We have exposed Trudeau for being a uh, susceptible leader. Uh, it, much like in trading, uh, your worst trades are always made when you're emotion, when you let your emotions get the, the worst of you. Well, Trudeau's made a horrible uh, decision because he let his emotions not have him sit down and discuss or negotiate with the truckers. Now he's backed himself into a corner and he is risking a very dangerous legislation that will forever cement his legacy as being a horrible leader. Uh, but also let's hope doesn't lead to violence. Yeah. And that's not what I want. Uh, we want freedom, peaceful protest. And on that metric, the Canadian truckers have done an amazing job. And we thank everybody for the worldwide support. Like these donations in Bitcoin have come in from all around the world. Uh, incredible amounts from Eastern Europeans who've lived under tyranny mm. and don't want it to happen and are scared of the what they see as a gradual uh overreach government overreach so thanks for having me josh i do have to jump yes and uh i wish i could see the comments i didn't see any of the comments but don't don't shield me from the haters that's fine i'll take my haters on because this is what a discussion is is your experience versus my experience and why do i do this well there's not that many people in the world that have actually sat Again, I'll say it in my risk chair for 30 years, seeing all the things that are wrong with the markets and then have the opportunity to at least shield people using this most beautiful technology called Bitcoin. Do your homework, study up, learn math. I got to go. Love you guys. No problem. Thanks very much, man. Absolute hey, pleasure. My pleasure. Great talking to you, Josh. Thank you, you very much. Thanks. Have a great one, buddy. You too. See ya. Bye. Okay, and that's Greg. I, I'm going to play us out with one thing that I uh, saw. It was a fantastic, fantastic moment uh, where the police were coming to arrest protesters on the, the border. And I just have to pull it up here and then I will leave it with you. We're standing on guard. Lean on me. We're standing on guard. When you're standing on guard. This is emotional, guys. I love every single one of you. This week we Guys, please, please keep sharing. This is a peaceful stand.
Thanks for making it all the way to the end of the podcast. If you want to leave us a comment, that would be awesome. Please like, share, subscribe. And if you're listening on Apple, please leave us a review. Until next time, thanks for listening.